Hey everybody, it is Friday Night Football is back in the Bay Area. We've got our Friday Night Lights recap. I think it's our first ever Twitter space roast on our West Coast preps. It's been a while since that last time that we held a football season going on. It's been about nine months, but it's back after a normal off season. We've got plenty of great stuff coming up. I was at Akawani's against San Marin. I was pretty much hyped about, about this one since the schedule got released. I want to say back in... It was that February, March. It lived up to the billing. We had Noah is going to join us. He was at Lost Lomas against Rancho Catati. Greg was at Folsom Sarah. We also have Matthew Fair. He was at Monta Vista against Antioch. Antioch's first game under Brett Dudley as a head coach was even more prolific than I think everyone could have thought of. But let's just go right into it right away. That Akawani's San Marin game was pretty much – not how everybody expected, I guess, is the right way to put it. I went in thinking it was going to be a fireworks show, kind of like a lot of people said about the old Big 12 when the Oklahoma's Oklahoma States were putting up 50 points a game. Defense has really stepped up with a lot of big plays. San Marin's defense stepped up in the second half after going out 14 nothing, tie this ball game 14-14. But that Akalani's defense, Ethan Torres was just in on every play. He had an interception. Nathan Bennett made so many plays. Jack Giorgiani. Trevor Rogers had that pick to seal the game. Kyle Bolowski, he's going to play college football. I guarantee you that. And then that receiving core Akalani's has is just about as ridiculous as it gets. You've got multiple players with Division One offers. You got all these guys that were on that star-studded four by one relay team that broke records in the spring. Paul Keener ran in the ten fives and the hundred. He had over a hundred receiving yards for the first time in his varsity career. He's a junior. That guy is. He's going to be playing high-level Division One football. He's got a UMass offer so far. I know that's not going to be the only one he gets. Shout-out Ryan Partridge, the former Bay Area head coach at Liberty State champion, getting the offer into him early on. Same with Trevor Rogers, another great receiver who can just make the tough catches, contort his body, just about anything that guy wants on the field. He had over 70 yards in this game. He – he was just different, just a different kind of player out there. He had over 70 yards. Like I said, he had some toe drags along the sideline. It was – Akalani just stole the show tonight, I would say. And Ellis Berger is a guy that's been in the weight room like crazy, over 100 rushing yards. If you don't know who Ellis Berger is, you better know now is all I'm going to say because this guy's going to run for 1,000 yards. They had Evan Malmquist run for over 1,000 yards. Last year, Ellis Berger is the next guy to do that. I, I can – Definitely guarantee that. It looks like we got Noah is in here too. Let's see if we can hear Noah. Sorry, everybody. I'm driving. I am here on 980 in Oakland heading back home. Noah, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Perfect. Yeah, so let's recap your game too. You had lost Lomas, Rancho Catati. What were your initial thoughts and takeaways from that ball game? Well, um, right when Silas Vajrawale heard the overage chance from the Los Lomas student section, he went off. I mean, I mean, they went down 9 nothing after a safety where the punter touched the back of the end zone. Um, they go, they score a touchdown for 48-yard bomb from Keeney to Gagnon, a receiver, a good receiver. And then on a field goal attempt, they block the field goal. Avadrale has the scoop and score, 65 yards the other way. And then it's just all Rancho tied from there. They put up 42 unanswered points to make it 42-9 to in the fourth quarter. And it was highlighted by Silasa Vajrawali's six catches 
for 89 yards and two touchdowns on offense. The way he's just able to, you know, contort his body to make maneuvers, how athletic he is. He had an interception too, even though no one throws him, throws in his direction. It's just a testament to how amazing of an athlete he is. On Nice Walker had around 70 yards, so he played well. And Liam Keeney, he really had a great game. 325 yards passing, four touchdowns, including and a rushing touchdown. Uh, this Ranch Tie team is very special. They're going to do amazing things, and I can't wait to see what they do next. Yeah, Liam Keeney is a great quarterback to mention. I think he's kind of flying under the radar, isn't he? Because he. He yeah. leads him to a league title last year. He's got some great receivers. He had a strong running back last year, a good line. But, I mean, that guy just wins, right? He throws up over 300 yards against Los Lomas, which, as you know, has a pretty stout defense, a good secondary. For him to do what he just did tonight, I think, has to at least cement Liam Keeney as one of the better quarterbacks, not only in that part of the Bay, but the whole Bay Area with what he did tonight. Yeah, I, I, I 100% agree. I did see Los Lomas was really, you know, uh, putting pressure on him early on. He was struggling, but he found his rhythm. You know, he found Bajrawali, he hit his screens. Uh, so I think he did really well on that part. And on defense, they really, you know, shut down that Las Lomas. I mean, Adam Toll, he did get hurt early, but that Las Lomas receiving core is impressive. Alex Lisey is a really good receiver. And then Dylan Thomas is only a freshman. He had a 45-yard reception on the night. It's really impressive of what Los Lomas has been in the past few years, but Renzo Cotati was just clearly too much for them tonight. What do you think about the rest of the DFAL? I know I just spoke about Akalani's, but what are your thoughts about Akalani's knocking off the state champions to open up this season? I mean, I knew it was going to be tough from the get-go because San Marin has a lot of firepower. It did turn out to be a defensive battle somewhat. We weren't. It was not the shootout we were expecting kind of like back in 2017 where usc and penn state scored 101 points in the rose bowl but <laughs> but yeah it was uh, it was a good game i think that akalani's ellis Berger has really been putting in the work he's been uh really have a he has a great physique he's had it ever since his freshman year in high school and paul keener trevor rogers Ethan torres they really all are impressive athletes along with kyle blowski i mean that team definitely could make some noise and definitely compete contend with Campolindo. And speaking of Campolindo, they did take the win tonight, 28-17 to against Monroe Catholic on their home field. Robbie Horse, two touchdowns. Dash Weaver, a couple touchdowns. Uh, what are your thoughts on Campolindo? I know the way it's going to be. Kevin Macy's going to say, you know, we're not the same team, this and that. He told me that after that spring season ended in 2021, they were undefeated. That great senior class graduated. He was like, yeah, next year it's going to be tough. We're losing so many guys. I think we're going to kind of take a step back. And then what does he do? He wins the NCS as a four seed the next year. A lot of those guys come back. But don't always trust what Kevin Basie says when he's feeling like, I don't know if we're there and this and that. that that's just the way he is. That's kind of coach speak too, right? He's always concerned about something. But that's what makes Kevin Macy the legend he is. Campolindo is going to – they're one of those teams where – Week one, it's kind of like De La Salle a lot of ways, where you think week one, okay, they don't show you everything. They got kinks to work out, but by week 10, week 11, you do not want to face a De La Salle, and you do not want to face a Camp Lindo. And Morel Catholic's also got Keith Miner as a head coach now. He did a lot of great things, league titles, everything else, and that's and all. Now he's a Morel Catholic, so it's not like 
Moreau Catholic's going to be down for much longer, especially with Keith Miner taking over. Yeah. And speaking of DFAL, um, Benicia did take a tough loss, a close loss to Fairfield, 41-36. to That was a very close game that came down to the wire. Uh, Benicia, we know they're going to – it does seem like, you know, that on paper they're d- down for a step back. They lose Miles Bailey, Simeon Harris, Croy Stewart, uh, Leonard Kroenix, um, Janari Boone, Kalani Sandoval, and all those guys – it does look like on paper they're down for a step back, but I do think they can uh, build a good culture again like they have, like they did last year. Yeah, it's one of those things where some of these teams, you lose a lot of senior experience. You're not going to be perfect week one. Heck, if NFL teams aren't perfect in week one, neither are college teams and definitely not high school or youth or anything like that. Like It's it's kind of the same thing with San Marin. They lost a great senior class. It's just it's tough. They gotta find that identity. A lot of these teams do. Once these teams find their identities, that's when it's gonna get more competitive and when these races really start to get determined. Because Benicia will be there at the end. They've got a lot of athletes. I know they've got some guys that work with KT Prep, and we all know what KT Prep does now. They develop athletes, so it's Benicia's gonna be okay. San Marin's gonna be okay. But are there any other scores that really stand out to you, kind of on that Bay Area scoreboard tonight and Friday? Uh, well, I guess tonight uh, another one was to be Antioch. Uh, Brett Dunley, they had a convincing win over Monta Vista. I know you mentioned it right when the podcast began, but, man, um, I think uh, Antioch and Dare will go for that two spot. Uh, I'm not sure if they're going to be able to compete with a team like um, – they'll be able to compete with a team like Pittsburgh, who I think from a raw talent perspective has the best team in the Bay Area. But I do think they could win the second – I think they're definitely a second-place contender easily. Yeah, they have to be at this point. The way they showed it, Monavis is another team where week one's not going to show it. you got a new head coach, Shawnee Millard, there. They've had three head coaches in three years. That's not an easy thing. It's going to be an adjustment period. They graduated a great senior class, but Antioch's got a great senior class, too, and they got a great junior running back, Elijah Stanley, there next to Charles Brown, that senior running back, shifty as heck, athletic transfer from Pitt. He was all league, all Bay Area. Definitely will be again. And Antioch put up 59 points. Brett Dudley's always been known to be a great offensive mind. He coached Najee Harris, a lot of great offenses in the past. And this year, this might be their most dynamic offense, at least the way it's starting, because you've got Brown, you've got Stanley, you've got Isaiah Pino is a great tight end and defensive end. There's not a whole lot you can do to counter or game plan for an offense like a like Antioch's got this year. No, I agree with you. Like, um, Antioch's got a great um, football culture out there. They always have their home of Najee Harris back when he's the number two player in the Bay in the country um, back in 2017. Uh, but Isaiah Pino and Charles Brown Jr. moving up, making the move over to Antioch, over to Antioch. He's really, I think he's been a key part of that team. He's definitely added a lot. So, I'm excited to see what this team can do down the stretch. Yeah, we all have to be. And I know another big score was Sacred Heart Cathedral in a match of a defending yeah. state champions. It's first game under Antoine Evans as its new head coach. Beats Sacred Heart Prep, the team that's, I think, quietly flying under the radar this year in a lot of ways with the talent they got. Even honestly, I think I'm kind of sleeping on them too, to be perfectly honest with you. But Sacred Heart Cathedral gets a big win. And Jerry Mixon, I guess, threw a touchdown pass. In this game in Oregon, they did some lateral trick play, I guess. 
He threw, I believe it was a 45-yard touchdown pass. I want to say 45-47. Somebody yeah. can correct me if I'm wrong, but just Antoine Evans getting off on the right foot too. I agree. And actually, speaking of San Francisco, mind if we throw it over to our good friend Ethan Castle so we can talk about what he saw in today's yes. action? Yes, let's get the All right, Ethan, Ethan Castle on. Um, all right, Ethan, you on? Uh, wait, um, let me... He requested, so... Oh, oh. All right, Ethan, can you hear me? One sec. Um, hey, guys. It's uh, Ethan. Hey, Ethan. Yeah, just got home. Um, was in the sunset for two games. Saw Lincoln roll over Jefferson. Lincoln look pretty sharp. The AAA looks like them and Balboa, and it should be that way the whole way. SI rolled past Palo Alto, first game under permanent lights there. Um, Palo Alto was missing a lot of their receivers and defensive backs, so I think if they played again later this year, hopefully it would be, you know, in a hypothetical rematch, would be more competitive, but yeah, we had a freelancer at that SHC game, and sounds like Jerry Mixon's got a pretty good arm, too. Um that was a really interesting game. I think SHP's defense is not to be taken lightly. They have basically their entire defense back, and I think MA was the only team that ever really scored on them last year. Most of the games that they lost were just low scoring, and they struggled to move the ball. You get that defense back, you still have Carter Shaw, Shea O'Kelly. That's a really good unit, and for SHC to beat them is pretty legit. Also, um, just looking around the CCS, Shout out to the 8-3-1. Aptos with the win at Oakdale and Salinas taking down Clayton Valley on the road. That's that's amazing. I think Aptos is just like, you know, we saw what they did to Camp Belindo last year. They're a super tricky matchup if you haven't seen them before, the way they were on their wing tee. That's just really representing the Central Coast well for both of those teams to put on, on the road against big-time programs and tough environments. Yeah, and I, I saw that um, that score. Uh, so what Salinas did to Clayton Valley is really impressive. It does seem like, from what I've heard, Clayton Valley may be opening up to the pass a little bit more this season, but we know when they control the clock, control the tempo, they can definitely be a very scary team, and they're an unstoppable team when that happens. Yes, they are, and, and you've got Will Stallings there too that – once Clayton Valley hits league play, I think everything's going to click there. You've got a good quarterback situation. You've got a great line. You've got a talented defense. You've got a really good receiver in Martini. And the way it's looking, Clayton Valley's throwing the ball a lot more than they have in the past, which is a weird thing to say at Clayton Valley, right? You're always thinking I'm kind of you know, those counter runs, guards, tackles, pulling. Now they're going to be throwing the ball a lot, and it's going to be an adjustment. Salinas, though, is not an easy matchup. They've got Idaho commit. They got Cal commit. Is he a hunter? They've Salinas is a great program. I know Ethan's been to games there. He's seen Salinas probably more than anybody else. So he can definitely attest that Salinas is not a program that really should be taken lightly either in Northern California. And them beating Clayton Valley probably isn't that much of a shocker if it is at all. Their their senior class is loaded with guys, and it's not just Hunter. It's a good QB in Adam Schaefer really good linebacker in Aiden Flynn. It's a whole group from top to bottom. And this is the sort of win that, you know, they could be a major player in the CCS up there with the likes of Menlo Atherton as for top public schools in the section. 
Yeah, you right. probably think at this point they are. Yeah, yeah, and with Menlo Atherton, you know, you get Jurion Dickey, questions about his eligibility, but uh, they have a good history there with guys like Jeremiah Irby, Jalen Moss, uh, Troy Franklin, and so many more athletes from that area, East Palo Alto. Uh, what they've been able to do in recent years is amazing. And tomorrow we'll have their former head coach in um, at Reardon. He's going to be – that's going to be a good match between Granada. Granada has really grown, like you've said, Chris, um, with all those guys they have. Yeah, that's, one guy gonna, to that's watch for. One guy to watch for at MA. I know there's a freshman that's been pretty hyped up. Sinai Thomas, his brother Skyler is at Oregon State. Oldest brother Darius was a three-sport stud at St. Francis. That M.A. Bellerman game and the Reardon Granada game tomorrow are going to be really fun. Yeah, this has got to be one of the best Saturdays of games there really is this entire season. You've got Reardon Granada, two new head coaches. It's bringing in a lot of excitement with what Granada did in JV last year with these guys coming up. I know varsity is different, but they beat teams 340 to 20 combined. They've got a quarterback who was the MVP at Notre Dame's camp, great receiver in Coop Arsenas. they got a good line, a good running back, Kristen Clauser. We all know what Weirdon is under out here, Rava Potty. Now they've got some good quarterbacks. Toby Weidemuller is a good player on both sides of the ball. Great line play with D1 guys. They bring back their top receivers too. So that's a matchup I don't think really anybody in the Bay Area wants to miss. And let's watch, see what they do with uh, King Jasani Wilhite. You know, he's known as a basketball player, but it seems like they're going to open up his role for football this year as well. Yeah, that's. That's a dog right there in sports. He's got to be one of the best defensive players and just players all around in basketball. Him and football coming back with that team. Can't wait to see that tomorrow. And they got a freshman QB who's got a lot of interest named Michael Mitchell. No yeah. connection to the point guard who played admitting is now at Pepperdine, to my knowledge. But <laughs> Now, it's, I guess it's a good name, though. If your name's Michael Mitchell, you're going to be a pretty dang good player in sports. And He's already rated. Yeah. One of those top prospects in the 2026 class, and if anyone's watched that kid throw, it's pretty easy to see why. There was there was a safety in the NFL played for the Steelers and Raiders named Mike Mitchell, too. So I guess if you want your kid to be a great athlete someday, just name him Mike Mitchell. Change your last name to Mitchell, name him Michael, and you're good. Or Hunter Renfro. Yeah, that too, right? I think that that, that always works. I think we've also got Kyle Foster coming in, the Napa legend. I think Kyle is connecting right now. Kyle, can you hear us okay? I got you loud and clear. Do you got me? Yes, sir. You were at Vintage against San Ramon Valley tonight. Very one-sided. I'd say the highlight of the game was the beginning of the game when San Ramon had a 97-yard kickoff return, the opening kickoff of the season. It was wow. insane. <laughs> so how did San Ramon Valley just pull off a – I guess how did San Ramon Valley kill Vintage like that again? It was mostly just Vintage could not stop San Ramon, man. It was um, – I mean, obviously by the score, but their quarterback was good too. He was dice, dicing them all, up all night. That Baker, I believe is his name? Yes, Baker, sir, yeah, yeah. Baker, yeah. Division One baseball commit to Santa Clara. Yeah, he he's – Something, man. That, that they were, they looked really good. San Ramon did. And the name of the player that had the kick return number thirty three was uh, Nick Rivera. 
began this game with a 97-yard kickoff return at Napa Memorial Stadium tonight. And That's one way to start us. Yeah, I know. I was like, wow, good thing I happened to be standing right there to see the to get the yardage. <laughs> I've seen a few season-opening kick return touchdowns. Didn't see any so far this year, but saw teams, you know, score four touchdowns in the first quarter, so... I also wanted to give a shout-out to my guy Ian McMillan, who's in here, um, for their win against Justin Siena tonight. Good job. Good going, Ian. Daniel, can hey, you talk about Saint that? Hey, Fo- that's St. Helena football right there. Yeah, and the Vine Bowl. I see Gus is in here, too. Yeah, I believe Gus was at Windsor, Tamil Pius. Windsor got a win over... Tampa Pius Windsor got a new head coach, too, leading that program. And I guess Gus is requesting to speak, too. Let's get his thoughts out there in Sonoma. You guys hear me? Yes, sir. Right on. Uh, yeah, 41-6 uh, win for Windsor tonight. Um, yeah, really, really thorough effort for them. Uh Trying to think. Um, I'm going through my stats and kind of writing up my story right here. But, uh, yeah, Hayden Anderson, obviously the uh, the sophomore uh, wide receiver defensive back. Five receptions, 165 yards, all in the first half. Didn't really do much in the second half. They didn't really need him. Um, also had interception that was right in his hands that he dropped in the first first half, too. That probably, probably would have gone for six. Um, Tam's quarterback, Braden Young, who I know you guys have written about and I've seen play, and I you know I, I think he's really good and he's going to have, have a really good year. But – um, last year, he had four interceptions the entire season, uh, and he almost had that many tonight. Uh, he had two in the first two in the first half, um, and then Windsor dropped to, again two two more probably easy ones too. So um, I you know I don't know if that's you know Tam has lost a lot from last year. So um, you know but, but but Windsor was really kind of bringing the pressure, uh, making them making them work for everything too. Um, I'm I'm actually <clears throat> I'm going up I'm going through uh, through some of Braden's passing numbers right now too, but. Just um, uh, a lot of balls, too, that, that his wide receivers probably should have caught. But um, I will give a lot of credit to, to Windsor's defense. I think they also had, like, four or five sacks, too. It was um, just everything for 10 was a struggle. Um, and, then, and then on the other side, it was just, you know, Windsor was – Windsor kind of looked like Windsor of last year a little bit, which, which is crazy to say with how much they lost, uh, including, um, you know, obviously Paul Cronin. Uh, the longtime Newman coach, you know, he's no longer there. And they have Dean Sexton, uh, first-year head coach um, – First year, first time, like uh, first time varsity head coach for him. He's he's been Paul Cronin's JV coach for for a number of years, um, and yeah, he he kind of stepped into the role this year. And and he told me kind of before the season, he's like, you know, offensively, this is going to be a lot really similar to what we did last year. Defensively, they're going to you know show some more looks, some show some different looks than they did last year. But yeah, I mean, offensively, uh, they have I think they're like four deep at running back. The guy who I was, I was really impressed with today was, uh, I think it was Wyatt Morris, um, who was kind of on my radar, but not really. Uh, I Like, he opened the game. I think he had 77 yards um, just in the first half. And then again, they didn't, they didn't, you know, really need him a lot. But he was by far their most active, active rusher. But, I mean, they also had all six of their touchdowns came from different guys. Um, you know, I think it was – I think Wyatt had the first one. I think uh, – let me look at my notes. Wyatt had the first one. Uh what else do we got? Uh, looks like Judson Anderson, the new quarterback over at Windsor, who's Hayden Anderson's uh, older brother. He had a 12-yard run. 
play though was an 80 yard pick six from Gunnar Erickson. Uh, that made it 21 zero. And that was, that was honestly kind of the backbreaker. Um, and then after that, uh, yeah, a little short or a 33 or no 24 or four yard. I'm like all over the place here. Uh, four yard rush for, uh, another one. I think that was Dom Morris. I think that's why Morris's brother. Um, and then Hayden Anderson too, uh, who I mentioned as well. Um, he had an 83 yard touchdown, um, that I think made it 35 to zero and he's, he's kind of primed for a big year. I'm writing about him uh, tonight as well. Kind of in my story, but yeah, he was just really, really impressive tonight. And I know he had an, an amazing uh, freshman year, but he's, he's looking like he's primed for a really big sophomore year too. So, um, you know, I, I don't know how much of tonight was also Tam kind of in a bit of a bit of a, of a rebuilding phase, but I was really, really impressed by Windsor tonight and, you know, defending D3 champs in the NCS. And, um, you know, tonight they look like, you know, th- that caliber again. So um, you'll see, we'll see next week because I know they hit the road and go play at Escalon, which, which, which will be tough. And then they, I think they host Camp Lindo too for week three. So, so big ones coming up, but um, really good opener for, for Windsor tonight. Yeah, how did that compare to your expectations coming into the game? What did you think would happen, and then how did that compare to what you thought, I guess, or expected? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't quite know what to expect because I had seen them, I had seen Windsor play quite a bit uh, during seven on seven, and that's seven on seven, so it's all passing stuff. And I was really impressed with Judson Anderson, um, who again is the is the junior quarterback. Um, said, uh, you know, Dean Sexton told me too, like he could have been there their varsity quarterback last year as a sophomore, but they had Chase V Meyer, who I think is now playing at the university of Idaho. So they didn't, you know, college, college Idaho, yeah. 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 So they didn't need him. Um, but yeah, like they, they actually didn't, uh, pass the ball a whole lot tonight. Um, and, and of course when they did, it was, it was Judson, you know, targeting Hayden. Um, so that wasn't, uh, that wasn't a huge surprise, but I thought that they really mixed it up well on the ground too. And I was really impressed by their line. So, um, yeah, just a lot of guys who, who can do damage. Um, and again, I didn't quite know what to expect. I thought that they might have been a little more pass heavy because um, I didn't quite know what their running back situation was. But yeah, tonight they, it was just clicking on, on, on all cylinders. I mean, they had multiple running backs doing good things. Their defense was clicking on all, you know, like on, on all levels. And then, um, you know, Hayden had a huge game. And really the other receivers didn't. I, I think um, I'm looking at stats now. I think only one other receiver had a, had a catch tonight. So. <laughs> It was it was kind of the Hayden Anderson Judson Anderson uh, Judson Anderson show, and I think that that's kind of going to be the going to be the M O. But it'll be interesting to kind of see when when teams are, uh, teams are going to have to start double teaming Hayden at some point because um, I I don't think that will like that's kind of going to be the key to stopping them. I think is 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 limiting what Hayden can do. So I'll be interested to kind of see who 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 of their other guys will be able to step up because they have some you know some some guys who are back from last year and some guys who they have high hopes for. Um, like guys like Gunnar Erickson, Joseph Campbell, uh, Keenan McAllister, but they're all young too. I mean, Hayden's only a sophomore, but those other guys are all juniors. So this is uh, it's 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 a pretty young team as far as skill positions go, but they're veteran on the line, which I think is a huge thing for for high school football. So um, I don't know. I mean, that was a long way. That was a long winded way of of answering the question, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was, I was pleasantly surprised. I mean, I think we, we ranked Windsor as our number three team this year for, uh, for the preseason. And it was funny, actually, a bunch of those guys were actually tripping me on the sidelines being like, Oh, we're number three. We're number three. Um, so, uh, they're, they're motivated. They're, they're ready to kind of come after, uh, Newman and Rancho and all those guys kind of in the top tier, um, around here. So I, uh, I don't expect much drop off from Windsor this year, especially after tonight. I mean, when you got guys, Oh, go ahead, Chris. So, sorry. No, go ahead. No, what were you going to oh, say? Oh, yeah. So, like, with Windsor, it's definitely a tough situation. You lose your head coach. You know, Paul 
um, Chase D. Meyer. Um, you got da- Damien F. Garcega departing. Makai mm-hmm. Johnson, that connection with him and B. Meyer. They lived together, yeah. actually, uh, for some time. Um, I, I do think they can definitely rebuild that team for sure. It looks like Judson Anderson. Hayden Anderson was also really impressive in the games I saw. Um, against Benicia, the uh, first matchup, not the um, title game matchup, but he had a touchdown special teams. He looked really good on special teams. Uh, he's got great skill set, and I can see him playing Division mm-hmm. One football someday. Yeah, he's he's no doubt in my eyes. Like, uh, I mean, people were calling him one of the best, you know, freshman wide receivers. I think in the Bay Area last year, and I he's going to be. Yeah, he's. I mean, he looked just more explosive, faster, just better than everyone else in the field. And um, I I I think again, I think that's going to be be a pretty common occurrence this, this season. Yeah, and how did the rest of Sonoma County look tonight besides that and Rancho Gatotti? Uh, yeah, so I only have the score from Newman, but uh, Newman beat San Leandro tonight uh, on the road, 34-7. to um, Yeah, I mean, you guys talked about the Rancho game, I'm sure, earlier, 42-16 over Las Lomas. Uh, Montgomery had a really strong showing. They showed out Ukiah in their opener. Um, we had a freelancer out there. And uh, again, we have Montgomery, I think as our, as our number five team in the area and people are really high on them. Uh, they have a lot of guys back. They have a huge team. I think they have like some like mid forties guys and they usually have like around like mid thirties. I think they have something like 20 some seniors. So they're very senior heavy. They have their starting quarterback, Lucas Foy back. Keegan Peterson is their uh, top wide receiver. He's back. They have a lot of guys on the, on, on their defense who are back. Uh, so I have, I, you know, playing in the Oak this year is going to be really tough for them, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised, you know, if they can give a team like, like Windsor or even Newman, like kind of a game. Um, they have a lot of athletes too. So uh, Montgomery kind of watch out for them, kind of a dark horse team up here in Sonoma County. Uh, and then a few other scores from some of the, some of the other games, uh, Petaluma uh, beat Terra Linda 41, 21 uh, Silas Paula Georges, uh, uh, I think is a senior, Senior running back, 137 yards on nine carries, two touchdowns. Trojans had 452 yards of total offense. Um, so they, you know, 21 points against Terra Linda. I probably want to keep that number a little lower, but I also don't know if, if, if they had second strings in. And, you know, by the end, I don't know. I don't know what the game was. I just kind of got the final score and a few stats. Um, and then elsewhere, I like St. Helena, that was a huge, like, I did not expect that at all. St. Helena 28, uh, Justin Santa zero. Um uh, and then what else we got? San Rafael beat Santa Rosa 24-8, and then Fort Bragg shut out Healdsburg, uh, my alma mater, uh, uh, which is a bummer, <laughs> 37-0. So it might be, um, might be a tough season for Healdsburg again. But I was really surprised by that San Elena Justin Santa score. If we're if we're gonna talk about a small school here for a sec. Yeah, those small schools. That was one last year where Trent Herzog at St. Vincent de Paul pretty much kept almost getting me to pick St. Helena to beat them every time. But that's that's St. Helena football. And then going into St. Vincent's, they've got a big game tomorrow as well. They got St. Bernard's up in your region. Yeah, that's going to be a big one for them. Um, I, uh, I I actually, again, sorry my St. Vincent guys, if, if any of them are here, but I actually picked St. Bernard's in that game. Um, I think St. Vincent is going to be really, really good this year. Uh, but I mean, shoot, hitting the road for a 2 p.m. Uh, a 2 p.m. start up in Eureka against a really good team. Um, you're already kind of starting behind the eight ball there. So I, I, I think St. Bernard's is going to come out on top. But um, and, and again, not having uh, Dante Antonini, too, is going to be really, uh, you know, guy who they lost to graduation last year was the uh, MBL Redwood MVP uh, commit to UC Davis. He was by far their best player last year. But, you know, I mean, again, they have guys like Kai Hall, Cam Vaughn, um, you know, Ty Nickens, Jared Bessarge. 
they have a lot of good guys, uh, a lot of weapons, and I and I do think that they're going to have a, a really good season this year, and I think that they're probably going to be the favorite um, favorite in the NBL Redwood. But, man, hitting the road for a game at St. Bernard's to open the season, that's just a really tough ask, I feel like. So, um, But, I, hey, I, you know, we'll see what happens. And, I mean, we can also talk about there's some other scores around the Bay Area. Marine Catholic beat Freedom 55-29. We know that Marine Catholic just won a state title, the first in Marin County history apart from San Marin as well. Uh, Freedom and the Bay Valley Athletic League, they have a good history there. Ronnie Rivers, Joe Mixon uh, went to that the, the same school. They did have a rough season last year, but, They've got some interesting athletes, Samaji Featherstone, Herschel Turner, fantastic athletes, dynamic, shifty, quick to the hole. Uh, they have some interesting quarterbacks with guys like Jacob Wasso, but Freedom is really just rebuilding that culture they once had. And they've had a good, some good success in the last 10 years, last decade with those guys. So, And they're playing in a very competitive league this year, of course. Maybe yeah. we can get Daniel up here to talk about that uh, St. Louis game. Sure. Uh, I got I to gotta dip back, guys. I'm, I'm still right here, but uh, thanks for having me on. And, um, yeah, I'll catch you guys next week. See you around, Gus. All right. All right, Daniel, you are now on. You're connecting. Hello. Hello. Hey, guys. Uh, am I all good? Yeah, yeah, you're yeah good. You're good. all right, cool. Um, uh, yeah, I was actually at the the Justin Cena um, uh, versus St. Helena first wine bowl in 21 years. This rivalry coming back, I'm um, in football specifically, uh, and it, it was a shocker to be honest. Like what was Gus was saying is, uh, I was talking to people before the game, uh, a lot of St. Helena people who were like, "This is a this is an off year," like. Uh, we graduated a lot of people last year, um, but when you run the veer, um, the other team has to be on their on their on their stuff. Um, a lot of the times, uh, by the end of the season, uh, I expect Justin to be a lot better. But it was especially with a, a new head coach, even though he was in the program, uh, Justin just had no answer, um, and it didn't help that there was a lot of snapping issues um, for Justin Sienna tonight. Um, but. Uh, one thing that's going to be really interesting, uh, especially, uh, for Windsor, uh, for, for next week, they're playing Escalon who went to overtime with top 25, uh, side Buchanan from the central section, which was a huge shock that they, they even made it to overtime with them and we're in the game. Uh, Buchanan's top, uh, state rank, uh, very impressive showing over there. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I expect, uh, St. Lena to have uh, a pretty decent year. They're, they're very small. They've only got like 19 kids on the roster, but they are in one of the lower divisions. Um, so we'll, we'll see how they do up here. Um, Justin Siena, I, I think they'll bounce back. I think this will be a good thing for them. Um, it's going to be a, a tough time in the VVL, but it's going to be one of those things where if you beat Fortuna, you beat Bear River up from Sacramento, uh, you have a decent chance of making playoffs for those guys. So 
Um, they also were starting a really talented young quarterback named Drew Giacomo, um, who even in lo- in the loss, he he showed a lot of promise. Um, they didn't start holding beers. No, they they went back and forth with both of them, but the the sophomore got the start. Um, and and you can tell by how he he throws a football that he he's probably the best quarterback mechanically wise and arm strength wise since Aiden Willard, who went to Oregon State. Uh, in 2015, 2016, uh, he, I, I, he's going to be a legit quarterback in a couple of years. He's still really green because this is his first varsity action, but I, I wouldn't be surprised by the end of the year if he's just the full-time starter. Interesting. All right, now I'm going to interrupt right here, but we um, we have one of our other West Coast Preps um, founders slash CEOs, uh, yeah, Gregory Morlin-Toon. Let's bring him on. Yeah, Greg was at the pretty much, I think, the biggest game in Northern California. Sarah against Folsom. Patrick Walsh doing what Patrick Walsh does, but I'll let Greg take the rest of this right here. Hey, guys. Can you hear me all right? Kind of. Yes, sir. I'm still in the car driving home. So, um, But just to kind of go off of this game tonight for Sarah and uh, Folsom, I mean – is two of the top five teams in California going at it. I mean, that was the best way to explain it. But Patrick Walsh, I think that's one of the best coaching jobs that he might have in his career. Um, I don't know if he would admit that. You, you put all the credit to the players. But uh, the different ways that – different plays that he put in, the defense that he put in, and somehow Sarah won this game with what Walsh said, 10 to 15 guys were – on the sidelines with cramps and nowhere near their best players on the field in that fourth quarter when it came to Joseph Bay, Jafari Mann, um, you know, Danny Niu, all those guys were out with cramps. And somehow the Sarah team limited Folsom to 10 offensive points and they got two points on a safety to end the game, which Walsh was like, we're not even going to punt this ball back to Folsom. They ran out the last few seconds and just ran out of the back of the end zone to end the game. So... Um, it was just, you could tell coming into this game that this was two of the best teams, and you walk out of it, it's still two of the best teams out there. Yeah, and how did Folsom kind of run that offense? Walker Lyons breaks his leg last week. That Stanford commit starting the senior season with that severe injury. How did Folsom, I guess, run that offense without Walker Lines, and what did Sarah do so well on defense? Uh, basically, Sarah won this game in the trenches. The offensive line of Folsom had a really tough time to even give any time for their quarterback to throw the ball. Um, the running lanes weren't there very often. They tried to offset it with some screens, but Sarah read them out pretty well. Um, the best offense, obviously, was when they went to Rico Flores, but he was being double-teamed. Alice Atkins was on him a lot tonight um, and did a great job. So I, the offense was just – I think the defensive line of Sarah was the major difference. It was the offensive line of offense that kept Sarah on the field, and they shortened the game with their – what they called the Raider offense, which is basically, you know, the Clayton Valley offense, just run it up the middle – the double wings out there. Um, the, the line play is what won this game for Sarah at the end of the day. Yeah, how good is that Sarah offensive line? I, I know you shared a tweet. It looked like that entire offensive line paint, 
pancaked everybody on the same play. So how the heck good are they? Yeah, that, the tweet you're talking about was on a QB sneak. I believe it was like third and three, and the offensive line was six yards ahead of where the line of scrimmage was at the end of it. So, um, I mean, it, it's safe to say that they're at least, you know, between them and De La Salle, who they play next week, that's probably the two best offensive lines in the Bay Area right now. I agree. I mean, you've got guys like up front with Cooper Powers, the TCU commit, coming with the Big 12 school where he's the third of three brothers to play there, uh, and then Derek Thompson, the Harvard commit. And Sarah, um, you guys have talked about their line. Silver, the San Diego State commit. Uh, Seamus Gilmartin's a great tight end. He's got plenty of offers. Uh, probably the second best in the Bay Area behind Cooper Flanagan, who also plays for Dallas Sal. Uh, that game is going to attract at least 5,000 people, and I wouldn't be surprised if there were more people there um, next week on September 2nd. It's going to be nationally televised. Uh, but it does, from what I've heard, that they went kind of back to the wing team with Sarah did, and they just had a great coaching performance. Patrick Walsh, legendary coach, and he proved why tonight. That's kind of crazy what Walsh does. It's He just adapts so well. They lost to Son Mahasin last year to that injury and – you think when you lose a guy like that, that, it doesn't matter how good of a program or school you are. You lose a guy like that, one of the best players in school history, you think it's it's going to be tough to kind of get back to the top. And then they win CCS, and they represent Northern California, the Open Division, and the state championship. That's that's just Patrick Walsh. I think that that's really all that needs to be said about that. That That's just how amazing that guy is a coach. And let me say this. Walsh admitted after the game that there's no way they're going to run that next week against De La Salle and that the big guys that they have on that line. So I wouldn't expect to see this um, next week against De La Salle, uh, maybe a couple plays here and there, but I think that they know that they're in, a, in for a much tougher battle in the trenches. Yeah, they are. They got a big game next week. De La against Sarah. You got any other scores, though, Noah? Any scores we haven't mentioned across the Bay Area? I know El Cerrito beat Amador Valley. Close one, I think, at least according to Max Preps. Haven't seen any updates since, but any other scores you're seeing across the region? Hey, Chris, mind if I hop in here real quick? Yeah, go right ahead, Kyle. So I calculated numbers for um, Baker tonight. He was, I believe, 16 of 18 for 263 yards and a touchdown. Shout out to Greg. Greg was mentioning Luke Baker before anybody else last year at he saw him come in one of San Ramon Valley's games and said this guy was going to light it up when he was the starter next year. And I think 16 of 18 proves that. And it, I mean, it, he was just carving all night. His longest pass was 41 yards. If, if you're a stat geek about that. Yeah. How did the receivers look for San Ramon Valley too? What do their numbers look like? If you have those, I don't have those ready yet. <laughs> Otherwise I would tell you, but um, <laughs> good. I can tell you that they spread the ball around equally. That sounds just like Santa Monica Valley last year. You had five or six guys over 200, 300 yards. They were they looked good, man. I mean, Vintage kind of knew this was coming, quite honestly. But to to look like that, I was impressed. I mean, I expected it, but Santa Rone's always good, and they'll be there be there in the end. Right, right. And speaking of other, you know, football scores, uh, St. Francis defeated Central Catholic 35-28. They were down by seven, I believe, at going to the fourth, and they just come back, maintain their composure. Uh, we talked a lot about 
St. Francis, you lose a lot of that line. I think you lose 16 starters on both sides of the ball. Um, you lose your Juju Teu, who had one of the best seasons in the Bay Area last year with 27 touchdowns, over 2,000 yards. Um, for those who were able to be there, uh, me and Chris and maybe some other people there, uh, he broke a school record, 344 rushing yards in a single game. And I was in shock. Chris was in shock. It was just an amazing performance. Uh, but St. Francis, I like the guys they got. Andrew Atkinson, great receiver. Aaron Knapp, Matt Doherty Jr., great quarterbacks. And you've just got a good football program down there in Mountain View. Um, I think they could be a top three seed in a top two seed in the West Catholic Athletic League. I'm not sure. Uh, Bellarmine looks really big up front, and I think they have a lot of promise too. So I think the top three teams are going to be Sarah, Bellarmine, and St. Francis, probably in that order. It's yeah, it's so tough to predict that league because then you've got Sacred Heart Cathedral coming off a state title run. They got pretty much that entire defense back, like Ethan said. You've got Reardon's on the rise. Saint Ignatius will be a lot better again this year. But speaking of a score out there, Wilcox beating Valley Christian as well. Wilcox went to a state championship game and just absolutely got off to a huge start against Valley Christian and got a big win to start its season too. The Jurion Dickey effect is here. I mean, Jurion Dickey, we initially thought he was going down to modern day uh, to join up the powerhouse, but it does look like he's in Menlo Atherton now. Um, I just think Valley, it's going to take a long time to adjust when you have a five-star generational talent, um, probably uh, the best player in, in the Bay Area since Najee Harris. Um, Jurion Dickey's just that guy. He's big. He has good hands. He runs good routes. He's just everything you want in a wide receiver. And we've seen that uh, on display all of last season. The Oregon commit has really just risen up to the challenges no matter what. So I don't know where Valley Christian really goes from here, but they have a good proven football culture with their head coach, Machado. And I, I see a lot of promise in other guys like Kai Hamilton and Jonathan Kraft. Yeah, Kai Hamilton's going to be a Division One receiver someday. You've got Ty Borland's a D1 tight end as well. Jonathan Kraft's just a young quarterback, but he's good. But th- there, there's no way to replace a Jerry on Dickey. I would love to find somebody, a coach, that could just replace a Jerry on Dickey like that. That's, that's an impossible task, especially when it happens so late in the year when you've got no time to really change up your offense and everything like that. So Valley Christian will get better. Wilcox, though, has a great defense as well. And they were ready. They've got some great linebackers, great front seven, great secondary. Wilcox is going to be one of those teams that's going to be right there near the end at the top of CCS. No, absolutely. I, I think that um, when um, you've got a team like Wilcox, who went to the state championship uh, out of Santa Clara, they're a good team. I think that rivalry actually with uh, the culture that Santa Clara is building could actually be interesting, but I think Wilcox will pull away in that one. Um Another score is Los Gatos fell to Corona Del Mar. I believe I believe it was like 28 to 14, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Los Gatos, you know, you lose Jake Rip, but you have a lot of key pieces returning. So they have reason to be optimistic this year, even if tonight didn't go their way. Yeah, that's one of those games on the schedule that's going to help you in the long run. You might not win, but also think of the kind of program Corona Del Mar is coming up from Newport Beach. They've got a lot of D1 guys. Los Gatos scheduled a tough game to start this season. They're going to be ready once the postseason comes. you got a lot of experience. Having an experienced quarterback 
really helps too when you've got him you've got your running back and Emiliano Mejia coming back too so they're going to be a force at the end I I, I agree and then Los Gatos that season I know we're looking a bit into the future here but that season uh ending game between one second that season ending I'm just connecting someone that season ending game of Los Gatos and Menlo Atherton when Jurion Diggy should be eligible um uh, that's going to be a really fun one to watch on the fourth. Yeah, that's that's a game to circle. There's so many games to circle this year. Non-league, league schedules, everything else. That's going to be that's going to be one for the ages, especially with how well coached those teams are. What Chris Honors has done with Menlo Atherton again and get them back up and obviously with Mark Carellis on the Los Gatos for years is in a pretty incredible job. Those teams had right. some pretty good non-league matchups during Ravapati's years at MA. Some really good high-scoring games. And uh, week uh, week nine, I guess, would be the other one to watch when um, when Wilcox faces Los Gatos. That's always a must-see game. That oftentimes decides the De Anza. Yes, it does. And I just remember that game from that spring season, I want to say in 2021, where Los Gatos was trailing big, then Alex Grotto... Adam Garwood and all those guys brought Los Gatos back from, I think, a three-score deficit and won that game. So that, that's no matter right. how that good, good those teams are, that's always going to be a good one. And yeah, Ethan remembers that game vividly. That was one of the best games I think I've been to. That didn't feel like a spring COVID game because it didn't have, like, the sloppiness. It was a well-played, refined football game. Yeah, it was. There weren't a whole lot of penalties, a whole lot of mistakes. It was... It was kind of crazy. Yeah, you're right about that, especially April football. But I guess um, – and let's – before we wrap this up, we'll wrap this thing up in a minute. But let's go through some of our, I guess, early predictions for tomorrow's games. We've got Reardon, Granada. Anyone want to start off with how they think those coaching ABUs go for Mark Moses at Granada and City Rava Potty at Reardon? Well, I'm just going to say I think, you know, with those guys with um... – at Reardon, Ravapati, he's a great coach. He did well at Menlo Atherton. Um, I think I think Reardon has the edge. I, I like Granada, though. I think they're going to be a good contender in the E-Ball Valley, but I have to go with the team from San Francisco that is really just uh, really building a good football team. I think it's going to be a tight game, though, decided by one or two scores. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. I think Reardon's line play is going to be a big difference in that one. I think Reardon's going to get just enough plays there. They've got so many weapons and different players. I think Reardon's just going to make a couple of more plays than Granada. But Ethan's right. That's not going to be more than a one or two score game, regardless. And then I think the other one, too, another big game. We've got Bellman against Menlo Atherton now, a Saturday afternoon game. I know a lot of people are going to be there. How does that one shake out? Depends if Jurion Dickey's eligible or not. Apparently, we'll find out on we'll find out on Saturday. Um, that's what their AD said, but I'm not entirely sure if that story's updated. Uh, I really like Bellarmine. The prospects they've got. Uh, Nate Escalada is a great quarterback. Um, they have been really building up lately. Um, over in the West Catholic League, you need that line. And they've got that line, so I think uh, Bellarmine is going to win this game. I think Ben Foff is about to have a big senior year, and I really like Javon Reels as the edge rusher. 
Yeah, that Bellarmine senior class this year is really special. They got some guys, and Ben Paff, he's WCAL junior there last year. He, he's going to have a monster senior year, and he's going to get some more offers. He's just that classic, do it all, amazing running back. Bellarmine, men the last room by the end of the season are going to be really dangerous, but I just like Bellarmine's experience and senior class and leadership. I think carries them to this point too. That said, watch out for freshman Sinai Thomas making his debut yes. for MA. His brother, oldest brother, Darius, was a three-sport stud at St. Francis. Then Skyler, the middle in the family, played at MA, now at Oregon State. And heard huge things about Sinai, so excited to finally see him in action. I know this is a story Greg likes, too, but Skyler Thomas's hype music, none other than Sam Smith. I like it. You know, Bartolo Colon's hype music before starts, he listened to Adele. I like that. That's different. Whatever gets you in the mood. You know, my my go-to, if I was any sort of athlete at all, I'd be going to Africa by Toto, so I totally get it. All right, Noah, what's your hype music? Uh, honestly, I um, I don't really have any hype music. I just listen to whatever comes on. Uh, I just think of that, that moment. Uh, I do like Africa by Toto. I, I do like It's a very good song. Uh, sometimes I listen to 80s music before I need to get hyped, or sometimes I listen to modern day hip hop or something. But I, I do like uh, 80s music for sure. I don't, I don't, I still don't think anything beats ACDC though. Just the bells, thunderstruck. I don't know if anything can really top that. But it's good exercise music because it's got a consistent beat too. Like yes, you can't. Yes. It's hard to exercise to Metallica. It's a lot easier to exercise to ACDC. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you just put on TNT, you put on Thunderstroke, you put on it's a long way to the top, and you're good to run for 20 minutes. Absolutely. And Greg, what about you? What's Greg's hype music? Look, I don't know if he can hear us now on the road, wherever he is in the valley, but I guess he can. Yeah, I can hear you. I got, I mean, Ark is a good one. Yeah, I got some really good hype up music songs. Um, my go to is always Logic. Chris knows that. Gives me crap for it, but those are probably two of my bigger. Kanye West, Stronger, that's a good one as well. Yeah, you can't go wrong with and also Kanye. Graduation, it's a great homecoming. I really like homecoming. I honestly don't think it's a pretty flawless song, to be honest. Yeah, a lot of that music back then was flawless. That 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 was a flawless album. Let's just be real. The the old school Kanye, the old yeah, school so, Eminem's, those will always be the best. Yeah, Graduation's just a great album in general. Yes. And now we're, I think we're gonna wrap this thing up in a minute. Everyone, before we go, what's your biggest takeaway from I guess the first full Friday night of high school football action? Silasa Vajrawali, he's that guy. He can do it all. Sarah's defense led by four ridiculous juniors, is able to run with the best of them. And watch out for the public schools in the 831, specifically Aptos and Salinas. Look out for San Ramon. I mean, they made beating Vintage look quite easy, but uh, I also would not count Vintage out of this thing at all. And yours, Chris? It's got to be Akalani's. Maybe it's just recency bias and I was there, but I you know, I picked against them. I, I know I did. 
I think a lot of us did going into this one. That Those athletes they got, you got that kind of school record-breaking, league record-breaking, four-by-one-hundred relay team, Paul Keener, Ethan Torres, Trevor Rogers, Kyle Bolowski, all impressed. Trevor Rogers, over 70 receiving yards, made amazing catches, just smoother outrunner, too. Paul Keener is 10 fives in the 100. He had over 100 receiving yards. Kyle Bolowski, a great safety linebacker. He's going to play somewhere at the next level. I guarantee that. And then Ethan Torres had a pick at corner. And then Ellisberger, too, in that class, over 100 rushing yards. That dude, I know you always said his physique was really good, but tonight his physique just looked even different. He looked like he was an even bigger monster in the weight room. I know Paul Keener said that about him, too, after the game. My takeaway, though, is Akalani's made a statement tonight. Absolutely. So, everyone, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, we hope to do the same next week. Um, this is just the beginning of high school football in the Bay Area. Nothing beats it. So I appreciate you all coming in and tuning in to this. So thank you, and we will see you next week. Talk to you guys later. All right. Thank you, guys.